Hello, and thank you for joining us again on our program, Critically Speaking. I'm Cindy Mercer, and we are so glad to have author Jim Hammer of the book Victory Over a Critical Spirit with us today. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Cindy, and it's great to be here. Wonderful. Jim, I was... uh, thinking about a conversation that that you and I'd had and we've been talking about this critical spirit and how we can have victory over it and praise God we can have victory and I was just thinking about a story that happened to you and uh, we shared it in a previous episode and you know it was just really really amazing to watch how the Holy Spirit was able to use a a personal life-changing experience to actually open your eyes. And um, I, I really just would like for you to um, just take a few moments and, and, and share the importance of that life-changing experience, why it's so important that, that you and I and others have that experience. Cindy, the um, experience that I had, experiences, I should say, because there were more than one, were my own. But no doubt in my mind, the Lord wants to give each and every one of us a personal experience to bring us to where He wants us to be. And we have to be open to that. And there's uh, that episode concerning my daughter. And there are promises that we can claim for our children. And I just, uh, I, I have one that I have on a wooden plaque in my house. And it says that I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in the truth. And that's in Third John chapter uh, verse four. There is no greater joy for a parent than to know that their children are walking in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there's many verses, you know. Be- but before I claim a promise, I go to Isaiah fifty-five eleven, and it says that, and this is the Lord speaking, that once His word goes forth from His mouth, it will not return to Him void. But it will accomplish what he pleases and prosper in the thing for which he sent it. And the whole Bible is full of promises from the Lord. And his word already went forth. So before yes. I claim uh, a promise like the one I just said, I, I read that um, verse in Isaiah fifty-five eleven. Then I say, Father, your word already went forth. And that you have no greater joy than to hear that your children are walking in the truth. And Father, I claim that for my children. And then as as well as other, there's, you know, half a dozen other verses I claim, too, that uh, the Lord wants to do that for us as as his children. And he wants us to claim these promises for our own children. So, uh, but uh, we, we all need different experiences. And when we see through our our children, when we're praying for them, uh, one by one, I see my children coming back to the Lord. And it's just great to see that the Lord is honoring his promise. Amen. Isn't that a prayer that we all we all are desiring that our children will will come to the Lord? And as we intercede for them, isn't it great that uh, we can all walk into eternity together with not one family member missing? That's a that's a glorious, beautiful thought. Yes. Amen. Well, Jim, I want to launch on into a. Another event that that happened to you, and uh, I want you to share that with us because I believe that it's important for us to realize that 
God will usually bring about uh, an individual experience that can change our life. But it's it's quite another when he continues to bring these events in our life. And and that's the one thing I really appreciate about your book is that you give us so many just fresh and relevant stories that that we can look at that and go, you know, this could happen to me. I, I can I can have my own experience. And so I really appreciate that. And so I want to want to talk to you about this additional event that happened to you uh, a few years later. You were apparently involved in a, a van ministry in New York City. So why don't you share with us about this um, this next story that will uh, help us just recognize the need for all of us to have victory over a critical spirit. This van ministry um, who was uh, it was being led by the conference president's wife, and uh, it was a powerful ministry. They would uh, the vans would uh, they had these Winnebago type vans, and they would uh, strip them down, make two rooms out of them, and then go into the boroughs of New York City and uh, hand out different literature. But then they also did blood pressure screening. And then during that uh, period of time, they would also hand out more literature and and ask them different questions. And a lot of people signed up for Bible studies that way. But that ministry was just powerful. Uh, It went on for like 18, 20 years, something like that. And I got to know the uh, director of it. uh, This was before she invited me to come up there. Actually, she invited my whole family. And um, and we used to go up there, but you know my attitude then was that uh, you know things had to be done my way, and if uh-huh. it wasn't done my way, it wasn't correct. Mm-hmm. But I had such respect for this woman that was leading on this ministry that I never once questioned what she wanted me to do or how she wanted uh-huh. me to do it. So I you know I just believe that respect has a lot to do with. Uh, our critical spirit, that if we uh, respect somebody, we're not going to criticize them. If we if we love them and we're praying for them, we're not going to criticize. And you virtually mm-hmm. can't uh, criticize somebody if you love them and if you're praying for them. Mm-hmm. But after a few years of volunteering up there, and it wasn't all the time, I'd go up on weekends or a week or something like that, and uh, they invited us. I was invited to a wedding that they were having. And it was in a mansion, beautiful place. When we got there, you know, we got there a couple of days ahead of time. But when the wedding was taking place, just starting up, you know, and everybody was dressed appropriately. What I would deem appropriately at that time. You know, the men had suits, the women had dresses. And it was just, uh, you know, just a very, and I'm going to say this with uh, tongue-in-cheek, a very Christian-like wedding. And just before it started, this young girl walked in, and she had jeans on, had a a jean vest with a blouse underneath it. And I thought, wow, she just looked totally out of place. And I thought, wow, she really is in need of spiritual enlightenment. Uh, my ah, critical so you, spirit. You were already sizing her up, right? Yes, <laughs> and my judgmental spirit. So um, after the ceremony and the reception was beginning, I eventually 
got over by here, and I introduced myself. I said, Hi, I'm Jim Hammer. Uh, and she kind of snickered. I said, uh, that's funny to you? She said, yeah. She said, and, and she's a Spanish girl. She said, yeah, and um, in Spanish, my middle name is Nail. So, oh. you know, we just hit it off right from the very beginning. And eventually, N- N- I, Jim? I, yes. Let me ask you, did you have an ulterior motive for going over and talking to her? Sure, I, I knew she needed spiritual enlightenment. Just by the way, I, oh. I just by the way I seen the, the way she was dressed, you know, immediately I just judged her as uh, you know I'm the person that's going to help straighten this girl out. Oh, okay, I see. And um, you know, during our conversation, she shared with me that she was just baptized the week before, and so I thought, well, she must be in a very charismatic uh, movement, and. I asked her, well, what church were you baptized in? And when she told me, it was the same church that I belonged to, you know, same denomination. Right. So I thought, wow, they must must be very liberal up here who they baptize. And uh, so through our conversation, she, you know, I asked her who baptized her, and she told me, and I knew the man. And then I, I just, you know, I just wasn't picturing this. But I asked her if she wanted to, if she would like to volunteer at this ministry. I was going to be there a couple more days. And she said, sure. And then I said, well, you got to wear a dress or a skirt. And she said, oh, I can do that, but I don't have a ride. So uh, I said, well, I'll pick you up. And, you know, I'm, I'm a country boy, so I really wasn't uh, in tune to navigating the streets of uh, New York City. <laughs> but I did find a house. I left early enough and found her house and brought her down and on the way asked her how she became a Christian and I was not prepared for what she was going to tell me she said well you know I was living on the streets I was on drugs drinking smoking doing everything that I wanted to do living with my boyfriend on the streets and uh, she said then the Holy Spirit touched my life or the Lord touched my life she said and told me you know this ain't the way I want you to live. I have a different plan for you. Praise and God. And she said, so I gave up drinking and smoking and eventually gave up drugs. But when I gave up drugs, my boyfriend wouldn't have nothing to do with me. He just rejected me, told me to move on. And she said I was crying and crying and crying about that. And then she wow. said I was impressed. I have something better. I, you have Jesus. And she said, you know, and I've been rejoicing in that ever since. When she said that, you know, the Holy Spirit impressed my life and my mind and said, Jim, this girl has a better relationship with Jesus than you do. Oh, wow, wow. I want to stop you for a minute, Jim, before we go any further, because something that is really powerful. I want to, I want you to talk about it here in just a minute. Um, this whole process of change that you went through, but you know, I think about, uh, a comment that you've made. You said, what we really need is, is self police. You know, we've got children, police, kitchen, police, visitor, police, and membership police. And we'll get into that hopefully in a future program, but explain that to me just a little bit. And we're going to be out of time here shortly, but just in a few thoughts, um, what do you mean we really need self-police, and, and especially in relation to this situation you had with this young lady? 
Well, just in, in that, that situation with this uh, young lady, I was policing her. I was judging mm-hmm. her. And uh, the same way as we judge everything else, but what we really need to do is look at ourselves. That's hard to do when we, you ask us to look at ourselves. <laughs> but that's what we've got to do. The Holy Spirit is yeah. trying to show us ourselves, not everybody else. But we want to look Amen. at everybody else. <laughs> and we have enough problems in our own life that need to be given to the Lord Boy, and confessed. Isn't that the truth? That we don't have to be concerned about everybody else. That's the Holy Spirit's work to, uh, to convict others. And, you know, the Holy Spirit changes and convicts us. If we allow him to, he will change us. Amen. But, but we don't want to give the Holy Spirit the same freedom to convict and convert others. We think we have to do it. And that's why we sit with a judgmental and critical and negative spirit. And really, it's, it's killing us spiritually. Wow. Jim, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought because we have run out of time for today. And I want to thank you so much for being with us. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us. And we look forward that you'll come back and, and join with us again as we continue this very interesting topic on Critically Speaking. God bless. If you would like more information about Critically Speaking, contact Free Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org.